Radio, everybody. We are live. The call in line is 855-660-4261. Once again, 855-660-4261. And if you're having a bad week, uh, you know, things just aren't going right, head on over to AmericanUckRadio.com and listen to the commercial-free podcast. And I'd like to give a big thanks to Ted Anderson and the boys at GCN. We've got Ben Keeping us out of trouble, getting ready to hit the mute button in case Mike says something stupid. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Hi. <laughs> what 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 per se do you think I might say that's stupid? Well, see, there you did it already. You missed it, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Everything that I say is intelligent with a little bit of flavor. Okay, We've that's got a great show today. We're going to talk about... Lesbian farmers, there's lawmakers wanting to regulate the Cajun Navy. Uh, we're going to talk about how you'll never starve if you live near a zoo. And we're going to get into uh, the reasons I have decided to leave Facebook. I hate Facebook. I'm, I'm going to war with Facebook. Whiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. After I launch the show. for this. U.S. Department of Agriculture holding summits to promote the role of lesbian farmers as part of its rural pride campaign. I never before in my life knew that lesbians wanted to be farmers. I never knew that lesbians wanted to get behind the horse and the plow and start burrowing. Nobody's ever heard of a clamoring among lesbians to be farmers. I mean, lesbians are claiming that they're discriminated against in a lot of ways, but you've never heard them say that farming is unfair to them. So there you have it. Rush Limbaugh learned something this week. He learned that the United States Department of Agriculture is teaming up with Cindy Lauper in order to promote lesbian farming. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, what the hell has that got to do with farming? I'm with you. I mean, really, honestly, I don't care what the, the, the man or the woman individual does when they go to bed at night. As long as I have food on my plate, you know, whenever I go to buy uh, groceries. And to me, that's what it comes down to. But I think the details are in the story. And, 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 you know, Washington Free Beacon is reporting this. 
They're saying that the agency is working with singer and LGBT activist Cindy Lauper for a day of conversation. Doesn't that sound benevolent? About the struggles of gay and transgender individuals in rural America. Now, this is key right here. The agency says it wants to change the perception of what it means to be a farmer in America away from the white, rich, male. Dun, dun, dun. Because that's the source of all of society's problems, right? The right white, rich, male farmers. But Rush Limbaugh kind of went on a little rant about the this. The agency is working with singer and LGBT activist Cindy Lauper. I just said that, Rush. a day of conversation about the struggles of gay and transgender individuals in rural America. Is it just me or is Rush sounding really rough these days? He well, definitely like sounds different old? than he did back in the day. I used to listen to Rush years ago. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, is it just me or is he, his voice is kind of got that, I just huffed helium out of a balloon sound. I don't know about helium. Uh, it's possible that he ate a box of staples. I don't know. Huh. Well, how, how long has he been USDA on the radio? I mean, it wants to change the perception of what it means to change be a farmer the perception. In America, away from the image of white, rich male. White, rich males. Now, oh, and you were asking, I, I cut you off with that sound clip, Mike. But Rush no, has been no, around forever. No, I was going to say, how long has he been on the radio? Because He's been uh, around forever. He's been number one forever. Like, Rush is the... Like the 20 years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's like the king of talk radio worldwide, yeah, so isn't he? His, his larynx yep. is probably worn out then. His larynx is the part of the throat where the vocal cords are, and that's probably just been worn out over time. Look at drill sergeants. They can't talk after the age of 35. Yeah, I've seen that too, actually. So not to be outdone, Conan O'Brien had to jump into the whole debate. Rush Limbaugh said something pretty interesting. Rush Limbaugh is saying that President Obama is encouraging lesbians to become farmers. <laughs> President Obama is encouraging lesbians to become farmers. Yeah. Then someone explained to Rush, that's just how lesbians dress. <laughs> It's funny because it's true. <laughs> Flannel Those jackets, Doc guess, Martens, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Have you ever heard lesbians bring this, this up as though it's some kind of an issue, Don? I mean, I scan the news all the time, and I've never seen a lesbian. Uh, no, first I'd seen. And the way that I saw it was all of a sudden, because one thing I pay attention to, just to find out what's going on in the world, what people are looking at, is the trending section on Facebook. And last week, for a couple of days, Rush Limbaugh was, like, number one on the list because of these comments that he had made about lesbian farmers. I never, I, I mean, I, you know, it just sounds funny, lesbian farmer. Uh, just where I've never heard those two words put together before. It is an interesting story, though. Um, and I, I kind of see where he's coming from, where, you know, why can't people just be farmers? Why does it have to be a lesbian farmer, gay farmer, whatever? People can just be farmers, hey, right? Hey, 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 that's mean. I identify as a lesbian in a man's body, okay? Do you farm? Don't, don't. Are you a farmer? I plow plenty of things, but, you know, I don't Ladies identify as a farmer, like but, you know. <laughs> Cindy Lauper had a farm. <laughs> With a chick chick here, <laughs> chick chick there. <laughs> Look, I, I, I think, I personally think that this whole lesbian farmer promotion thing, 
um, is actually a good thing, okay? Just in the same way that I support feminists being in frontline forces in the military and construction workers, um, you know, we already have transgendered food, right? They call it genetically modified food. Why not have transgendered and lesbian farmers to match the food? I don't care what they do on their spare. Uh, what, here's what I do Who like cares? about it, though. I, I just, yeah, they're, they're not going to have time to protest anything if they're farming because that's a pretty full-time job. And not only that, but I think that a lot of people have a, a glamorous romanticism of the proud lesbian farmer surveying her crops. No, it's not that kind of a job. It's like you're walking in, in poo all day. You stink. And well, look, it's hard look, work. What, what's going on here? Rush is pointing out he's trying to make the case that what's happening is you've got this special interest group with an agenda that is trying to break up what's known as a conservative voting bloc, which is rural America. And they're trying to, like, you know, get in there. The last bastion of hope of conservatism is in rural America. I don't I don't know if I buy it or not. Well, you got to admit that, that, you know, rural America is more conservative. I mean, I live in rural Alberta, and in Alberta and Saskatchewan, most of the people, the vast majority are, you know, right-wing thinking. Mike Mike and Super Don and American Uck Radio. More lesbian farming after this. Back to American Huck Radio. This is your host, Mike Phillip. We've got Don Naylor riding shotgun down in Louisiana and Professor Mike over in Ottawa, Canada. I myself am currently located in Western Canada, which uh, we call God's country around here. So if you remember, uh, we had uh, Kurt Entz of Extreme Fuel Additive, Syntec Global on the show. And if you want to prolong the life of your car, cut your gas bill by 20%. And if you're somebody who is concerned about carbon emissions, we can get rid of that, too, up to 30%. Head on over to AmericanOcRadio.com and click the banner ad. Also, you can get access to Dr. Peter Glidden, one of the best naturopaths in the world, with his advocate account where he can tell you how to reverse Easily solved problems without drugs and surgery. Now, last week, we had a couple of guys from the Cajun Navy on the show, if you remember. And they were talking about the struggles in uh, Louisiana during the, the Great Flood. And there's probably still people struggling now. I bet you there's a lot of people living in tents still that have lost everything. So remember to, uh, you know, if you're going to donate, donate anything to those people... Do it through a church. Don't go through the GoFundMe campaigns. There's a lot of uh, rip-off artists out there trying to hijack it and make a few bucks. <clears throat> but now this, in USA Today, the Cajun Navy members are not happy after a state lawmaker announced that he wants government to regulate future actions by citizen heroes. 
A loosely organized group called the Cajun Navy took it upon themselves to save strangers, thousands of them, by boat, even when their own property was flooding. For the most part, these people are not going to wait for assistance. They're doers, says Cajun Navy member Dustin Cluche of St. Amant. He got in his pleasure skiff and with others cleared out entire neighborhoods that were underwater after historic rains triggered major flooding. At one time in my boat, I had a guy I dropped off at a Buddhist temple. I had a black guy. I had a Mexican guy. And when we dropped them all off, everybody hugged, high-fived, loved on each other, and sent them on our way, remembers Cloutre. He and members of the Cajun Navy saved their against talk of government regulation. Republican State Senator Jonathan Perry of the Vermilion Lafayette area announced he's working on legislation that could require training, has certificates, and here it is, a permit fee to allow these volunteers to get past law enforcement into devastated areas. He said some were turned away. At the end of the day, there are going to be two things that are going to be the hurdle when you approach it from the state's standpoint, Perry said in a local radio interview. Liability is going to be number one for them. They don't want the liability of someone going out to rescue someone and not being able to find them, uh, the, res- the rescuers. And secondly, there's a cost. Members of the Cajun Navy don't understand the call for regulations. <laughs> I understand it. How can you regulate people helping people? It doesn't make sense to me, said Cloutre. And there's political bloggers out, uh, outraged, writing articles on this. And I think it is simply control and cash. And that's really what it comes down to. Ronald Reagan once said the most, the, the, the most scary words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you. And so, you know, government isn't that good at helping people. They're great at prosecuting you. They're great at collecting money from you. But, I mean, think about it. You've got a bunch of -of out-of-state FEMA people coming into a state where the the people of that state know the why. They spend half their lives in a boat, okay? What are your thoughts, Don? Uh, it, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Uh, yep. Listen, do you really need a permit to go and help your neighbor? I mean, do you need a permit to save someone's life? You've got a flood, right? I mean, people are on the roofs of their houses. You know, they're going to die. They're going to starve. They're going to succumb to the elements. Elderly people, babies. You know, I mean, even the the, the family dog, okay? You know, which they take very seriously down here. Um a permit and training, really? Uh, yeah, you know what? These Cajun Navy guys, they just really might not know how to use a boat. What? I mean, come, right. come on. I mean, there's nobody better trained at using boats and going out and doing this kind of stuff than the guys down here that do this for the better part of the year, whether they're out boating or hunting or fishing or alligator wrestling or whatever it is they do down here, right? I mean, this is, this is just the overreach of government trying to find another way to tr- Try and, and squeeze a few more bucks out of somebody for the privilege and, and, you know, the right to go out and help your neighbor in a time of disaster or emergency. I mean, this has got to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny because 
Uh, they've got, I think in Vermont, they've got what's called the Good Samaritan Law, where if you don't help somebody and you have the means to do it, then you're in trouble. And so, you know, here you've got these guys, and, and, and you know, where, where you, it gets really interesting is in the comments section, of course. you got people saying, uh, you know, they're not happy, okay? I can't read a lot of these comments. They're... Uh, you know, I can't say it on public radio. <laughs> Are they not radio. family friendly? They're not. No, but okay. they're refreshingly honest. And anytime I go to an article where they they don't allow comments, uh, I know that it's probably a propaganda piece and it's stupid. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I, I I go to the comments for actually the real story as to how people are feeling about things. I mean, Mike, what do you think? You think government would be better at saving people's lives than the, the members of the Cajun Navy? Well, the government actually <laughs> see all these all these bureaucracies and governments and whatever you want to call it. I, you know, communism with a smile, uh, or sorry, d- a democracy. Um, all of these 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 government organizations that are supposed to be helping people, they're regulated to the point that there's time limits for everything. There's budget concerns that come into place. There's all kinds of these different things. They have like a twenty-eight step process. Before they can even authorize for uh, you know a cop to show up at a robbery, okay. So no, I don't think the government's going to do any better rescuing people. They've never done any better before. Um, well, look how look how good they did at Katrina, you know. Oh, well, they confiscated guns and they well, allowed the people thing, to loot too, Are houses. they going to fine people for going in and trying to help without the proper certification? So there's more money there. There were people. Okay, there were people who were blocked out of their houses by FEMA. And they were arrested for trying to get back into their houses to reclaim their pets. Okay, people have gone to jail during Hurricane Katrina because they were trying to get their pets out of the house. Don't now, forget now, the insurance companies totally screwed everybody over. Well, that's the thing, right? The government has never actually been out to help anybody, at least not in a democratic country. I've never heard of a democratic country where people are truly happy and where the government's actually trying to help things out. Um, you know, there's there's permits for every single thing. You need permission to fart. You need permission to burp. You need permission to fall down the stairs. Somebody breaks into your house. Well, you're not legally allowed to defend yourself, but he could sue you if he trips and falls and he hits his head on a friggin' wall. Oh, that so, happens all the time. Mike, Mike and Super Dawn on American Ock Radio. I hear the music, and that means we will be back after this break. Radio. This is your host, Mike Phillip, coming at you live from Western Canada. Call in line is 855-660-4261. Now, I've been saying it for years, and I'll say it again. You'll never starve if you live in, uh, uh, near a zoo. A gang in search of food broke into a zoo at night and butchered a horse for food, it has been reported. A shocking incident in Caracas has been held up as an example of the desperation of the Venezuelan people who are enduring a severe economic crisis. With looting and food shortages commonplace, it's been reported that several people forced their way into Caracas Zoo, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but I'm not from Venezuela, in search of food. 
When they found the black stallion's area, they broke in and led the animal to a secluded area. Prosecutors have revealed the incident, which happened on July 24th, saw the thoroughbred butchered for its meat, leaving only its head and ribs for zookeepers to find. You ever heard somebody say, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, Mike? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if people have eaten dog food if they're that desperate, and dog food's generally made out of horse meat, so... I've eaten may- dog food. Maybe. I, I, well, I mean, I accidentally licked the knife after I fed cats one time when I was a kid. That was a messed up experience. I was a kid, and I wanted to try it, so I tried a little bit of dog food. It tasted like a cracker. <laughs> it was one of those big cans for me, and um, so I'm scooping out the cat food. I guess it was, like, stuck or something, and I remember my mom calls my name, and I have a tendency to lick knives, and um, so she calls my name. I turn, and I say, yes, Mom, and I just start licking the knife, and um, I, you know, I don't know what my face looked like, but I'm pretty sure it was not a happy face. That's all I could say. Pretty sure it wasn't that happy. Right, right. We got Phil the Pissed Off Vet on line two. Phil, how you doing today? Oh, it's him. Hey, how you doing? Hey, we're doing good. What are you up to, man? Hey, Phil. Uh, What do you think? (laughs) Sitting around being pissed off, I'm guessing. Yeah, you got it, damn it. You know, (laughs) I'm so sick and tired of hearing about these idiots that call them freaking Democrats telling people how stupid we are because we want to vote for somebody who wants to make America great instead of making America the piece of shit it is right now. So. <laughs> shizzle, shizzle, shizzle. The, shizzle. <laughs> the bonnet, bro, the to, to all those Democrats out there, you come and tell me to my face why after five years of being on veteran disability, I only get a raise one out of five years at 3%. Yet, we're spending billions and billions of dollars for people coming across the border and wanting to live here for free. So, really? Give me a freaking break. I bet you they got a raise, though. Uh, hey, the, walking across the border is a freaking raise. Yeah, no kidding. From what I've heard, anyway. So I take it you're a Trump supporter. Of course. I'll support anybody that wants to help me instead of help somebody else from somewhere else that doesn't know me or care about me or my family. You know, my life matters to me. It matters to my kids, matters to my my former wife, my friend, matters to a lot of people. Some I've black ever... guy in Chicago who shoots another black guy, his life doesn't mean crap to me. Which one? The one that shoots them. Okay. <laughs> Some guy sitting in a car shooting a girl on her porch on her grandfather's lap. That's a black guy's life whose mad life doesn't matter whatsoever. You know what? There was actually there was a really heart-wrenching story out of Chicago. There was a, uh, I know, a narcotics a detective. Yeah. No, <clears throat> excuse me. A narcotics detective. His son left the south side of Chicago to go to university in New York. He wanted to get out of yeah. Chicago because it was too dangerous. And he came home to visit his sick mother, and he was sitting on the front porch, and guess what? Somebody drove by and shot him dead, this kid. Black kid, uh, good family, going to university, trying to make something of his life. And And there's uh, some really, really wonderful black people in this country. Wonderful people. Yep. Just like there's a lot of wonderful white people, but unfortunately we have a lot of stupid people in this country who think that it should be for free, and it should all be about them and their lives, and uh, they shouldn't have to do anything. I'm going to tell you a story. My mom, back in the uh, 50s, when I was a little kid, 
She worked in a restaurant. She's a single mom raising five kids in Chicago back in the 50s. And you can just imagine what we were called as kids back then. But that's beside the point. The point is my mom went to get welfare and uh, to get some assistance. And she went in there. She was in there for an hour. Now, while I was while, while I was with her, and this is not a word of lie, and this is not a prejudice thing. This is just what it is, okay? I've seen black women driving up there, getting out of their cars, wearing fur coats, going inside, coming out with their papers, smiling, happy as all get out. My mom got turned down because she worked at a restaurant and she made tips. Right. Give me a break. And that was in the 50s. life matters, but you have to think about your own life, and your life has to matter to you. And if your life doesn't matter to you, then of course it doesn't matter to anybody else. You should listen to uh, Tommy so- T.J. Sotomayor on YouTube. I think you'd really like him. Probably would. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a black guy that points out all these things that you're saying. <laughs> okay. Well, he points also, out facts. Like you. He, he points out facts, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, he, you know, he talks about the uh, the problems in their communities. But you know what? It's it's the, here's the thing. Uh, it's interesting for me to watch because I live in rural Alberta, and and you want to hear the last interaction I had a, with a black woman? I was cutting my grass, and a a girl that looked uh, probably African, I'm guessing she could have been Jamaican, I don't know. She rode by on the street on her bicycle, and she looked up and she smiled, and I smiled back. And that's how we roll. It, they, they don't ha- yeah. People don't act like that around here. So I'm thinking it's most likely a problem in the, in the cities. Well, it want- it's in most of the major cities because most of the major cities are run by Democrats, have been like Chicago, where I'm from originally. You know, it's a Democratic city, always has been a Democratic city, and uh, they've always had violent crime problems there and stuff like that. Another thing, my mom, I just want to tell you this, too. She was Democrat all her life. She voted Democrat. She bled Democrat, and she supported idiots like Hillary Clinton and people like that. And, uh, you know, when Bill Clinton signed NAFTA in with uh, your buddy Trudeau up in Canada, when they signed all that in, years later, because Japan was dumping so much crap steel on the market, she lost her pension. Because the Japanese company bought out Inland Steel, and her pension went away. And she worked most of her life at that steel mill after she finally got a job from working in restaurants. And they took her pension away. This is, a, this is what Democrats have done to this country. And anybody that wants to follow somebody like that, you got so many screws loose, you're just... You know, you're just not. And I'm not saying all Republican politicians are good either. I mean, all you got to do is look at Mitch McConnell, Harry Reid. They're kind of the same guy, except one of them is Republican and one says he's Democrat. And then you got Eddie Munster there that's running the House right now. I don't know where that guy's at. I don't think he does either. You're talking about Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, yeah. And it's interesting that you yeah, bring up Chicago like because the state of Illinois is screwed. They can't meet their budget. They're, uh, yeah, if you win the lottery... In the state of Illinois, they issue you an IOU, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, they yeah. have no money. It's a, they, I don't know how the city of Chicago even runs anymore. I mean, they're, they're right, getting well, to I a place know, well, where... Because the federal government keeps pouring money into it. Not only that, they keep using all these uh, different uh, programs to help out uh, that they raise funds for. And they never help out because the money never goes to where it's supposed to go in the first place. 
you know, and, and I wish people would stop saying Obama's from my hometown of Chicago. He's not from Chicago. He was a nanny in Chicago. He was nothing in Chicago, and he's nothing now. Well, he's running the joint, so, I mean, you're going to have to put him up with him for at least another month or two here. Still nothing to me. He's so, Karl Marx that looks like a chimpanzee. <laughs> Honestly, that's what he is. He's just the epitome of Karl Marx in a chimpanzee form. Uh, yeah, and I mean, yes, pretty much, yeah. He wants yeah. us to be like Venezuela. And by the way, the name of the town of Venezuela is Caracas. Caracas. Thanks for straightening me out on that. And thanks for your call, Caracas. Phil. We're going to let you go. All right. We'll be back with more American Arc Radio craziness after this. American Arc Radio. This is your host, Mike Phillip, with Super Don and Professor Mike. And uh, I would like to let it be known that Richard Saunders turned 76 this week. And if you don't know who that is, he played the greatest newsman in the history of broadcast radio. Somebody just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver. isn't there. <clears throat> Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Lass. you just tuned in, the Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. <laughs> Film at 11. That was Les Nessman of WKRP in Cincinnati, and I gotta tell you, I loved that show growing up. And in fact... Uh, it, you know, my dad worked in radio, but uh, it was one of the reasons that I kind of wanted to get into this gig in the first place, because they made it look really cool. You know what I mean? You, you know what I'm saying, Don? I do. I do. Now, that, I, didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't actually watch that until later on. Uh, um, I didn't, didn't see that, uh, as it was, as it was happening, as it was live on TV, but it's a great, it's a great program, and most people in the radio business have kind of an affinity for, for that program because it was one of the first programs that dealt with radio uh, as the basis of a sitcom. And they did yeah. a great job. It was classic. It was, yeah. And, and it was great. I mean, 
You know, you heard uh, Dr. Johnny Fever. He's live in the studio, and then Les is out doing a remote. And the amount of, I mean, you know, that was a ridiculous take on it, but the amount of problems that can occur with uh, live communication during a live radio broadcast are many. And, uh, you know, there's lots of times where I'll be listening to the radio, and I know that they had a mess up in their scheduling but they managed to cover it, whereas, you know, I guess the untrained ear wouldn't have any idea. So, you know, this stuff happens. Not to us, though, because we're with GCN and we're professionals. Ah, Now, here's the other thing. The most important thing that ever happened in America occurred just the other day. Colin Kaepernick of the San Francisco 49ers, possibly one of the worst quarterbacks of all time, refused to stand up during the national anthem. I was alerted during the game, uh, early in the game, that he did not stand for the national anthem and that this was not the first time he did not stand for the national anthem this preseason. So I pulled him to the side and I asked him basically what's going on, is there something up? And with complete conviction and unmitigated passion, that's when he gave me the quotes basically saying he refuses to recognize a flag for a country that oppresses black people and other minorities. Now, in a country that, uh, that oppresses black people, I would like to point out that Colin Kaepernick has made $124 million. They're, they're boxed into a very difficult place, Lindsay, because if they cut him, even because his play, remember, he has not played well. That was his first appearance in eight or nine months on a football field. If they wanted to cut him and say, well, it's just because he wasn't good enough, it's going to look like retribution for him taking this political and the civil rights stand. Racist. You can't fire a bad quarterback because, uh, well, and, and Don was mentioning this earlier. Now the 49ers are in a jam because they, if, they, if they cut the guy, it's going to look like it was payback for, for not standing during the national anthem. But if they keep him, if they keep him, it could be a situation where some sponsors or fans say, we are not coming to games. We are not going to support this franchise if you have him on your team. They understand those dynamics and other dynamics of what can go on with keeping and cutting Colin Kaepernick. Again, no win whatsoever for the 49ers after this issue. So it's business as usual. Uh, the 49ers can't win at anything, <laughs> whether it's football or business. <laughs> hey, be nice. Be nice to my team. Oh, um, hey, I'm a Bears fan, man. I know all about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. Well, at least I mean, at least we're not Detroit Lions fans, right? Yeah. But, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. You know what? I, I I just this whole thing is just dumb. First off. I, you know, in the being in the land of the free here in the United States, um, I don't remember there being any particular law that says that you must stand at attention during the national anthem anyway. I know people do, and I think it's, it's you know, it's what I would do. But first, I mean, so the guy chose not to stand up. Who cares? I mean, I, you know, he just he chose not to, but... What I see happening here, and the, guy, the reporter pointed it out, I think, accurately, is you've got this Kaepernick guy, which, I, I, you know, I mean, listen, he is not the greatest quarterback. He really has been sucking lately. Uh, he's been on injured reserve, hasn't really performed well. Um, 
I think he's taking advantage of the situation because I think the 49ers want to find a way to get rid of this guy. And what better way to guarantee yourself a check, a continuing paycheck, and staying on the team than to go out and do this this stupid, th- which I think is completely disingenuous. I honestly don't think he really feels the way that he does. I could be wrong. But I, I think this is a way of him putting the 49ers in a jam where now they can't cut him. Because if they do, all, the Black Lives Matter people are going to just go crazy and accuse the 49ers of being racist. I, I just I think this is a ploy. Well, I mean, he's he's upset with the country and its history, but he'll take that dirty money. Yeah, all oh, this oppressive oh, yeah. government yeah. that yeah, you know right. makes sure that I get you know guaranteed sixteen million this year. It's like what? Yeah, Shut exactly. up! Why? I tell you what, you give up your job, you give up your money. Why don't you go hang out with those oppressive people? That are having right. these freaking issues, and then we'll talk instead of sitting in your. You know, I'm assuming this guy is probably not living in the projects. Uh, you know, Most so while he's not. sitting there on his, you know, his his couch with his 50 square inch uh, flat screen TV in his mansion, uh, um, you know, going to sit here and talk about the oppression of black people. Why don't you do something with that money? What are you doing with that money, right? Well, he's, he's a bench warmer too. He's not even like yeah, some kind of all star. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean that there isn't racism and that there aren't things that are going on. But come on, you know, I mean, really, you're going to use this platform. As you're, you're making millions, uh, talking about the oppression of black people, well, you don't seem to all that concerned about it. You know, wow, you've really accomplished a lot by not standing for the national anthem. But at the same time, the media knows that uh, your average patriotic flag-waving American will be outraged at this story, yes. and, and so they ran with that? it. If you go to Fox News right now, front-page story. If you go yeah. to Drudge Report right now, front page story. If you go to CNN, you don't even see it. You know, this is a, a thing where it's like, you know, they took my job, took my dog, you know, God bless America. It's getting all the conservative, uh, you know, bobbleheads out there. He knows he's going to get that reaction. And so, you know, I'll give him props for being clever. Okay. Well, it keeps he's, him he's in the headlines, page. too. He's front page news. You know what? Maybe. I'm sick of I'm sick of working. I'm thinking of going down to welfare and claiming that I identify as a black Muslim, half Jewish, um, lesbian, stuck in a man's body. I'm a rich guy stuck in a poor man's body. I just don't want to work anymore. I just I don't give a damn. I just want to sit on my butt. Play There's so video many games. things we could talk about that matter, but you know this. Kaepernick, no, I don't matter. Most people I, don't even know who he is. Don't. You know, doesn't stand for the national anthem, and now you know everybody's talking about it. It's like just give me a beer. Shut Don, up. Lesbian Don, farmers' lives matter. Don, you're racist. By the way, you said that I don't matter. That's okay, right. I am a black Muslim Jewish lesbian, and I don't matter. You just, <laughs> you hurt my feelings, man. So racist. You don't have any feelings. Who are you well, trying to fool here? Mike, I, I, am not, I am not prejudiced. I love the mentally challenged. Okay? Uh, <laughs> Mike, hey, Mike and Super Don on American Huck Radio. We're going to continue bashing Professor Mike for another hour after this hard break. We'll be back.